Let's go. Another day, another dollar, another podcast with your boy, Ruby Rube. Over here to make you, to make you think, to stimulate your mind, to get the words and thoughts out of my mind and plant them into yours so that they can grow and flourish and produce. All right, y'all, let's get some milk and honey. Today, I wanted to talk about journaling. Do you journal? No? Maybe? Sometimes? If you considered it, well, I'd like to implore you to start journaling. Get a piece of paper, get a pen, and then just sit there. Stare at the blank piece of paper until you feel compelled to write. What are you going to write about? All these things. You have thoughts. You have a brain. It's filled with some things, I'm, I'm certain. I don't know, maybe you had a bad day. Write about that. Maybe you had a good day. Write about that. Maybe you had a traumatic experience when you were 14 and you're still holding on to, the, uh, to those feelings. Write about it. Burn it. And let it go. But, um... Two of the people who who really motivated and inspired me to start journaling, amongst many, but there are two people who stand out in my mind. One is the Roman Emperor, Marcus Aurelius. Yes, that guy was, he was pretty cool. You might want to Google him. He's worth the Google. In a nutshell, Marcus Aurelius was a Roman Emperor like over 2,000 years ago. Um, at the end of each day, he wrote in his journal and he didn't write about, you know, uh, the, the mundane, he, he wasn't just writing about what he had for breakfast. He wasn't writing about, you know, his nagging mom. What he was writing about was philosophy and his journal turned out to be pub, uh, published in a book form, but for Marcus Aurelius, it wasn't even intended for publication. It was just his journal. And Ryan Holiday says that if Marcus Aurelius knew that his journal was published for the world to read as a book, he would be mortified. Can you imagine writing a journal and then it being uh, created into a book? Hey, but you know what? You're dead. You're gone. And meanwhile, your book lives on Or your journal lives on and it inspires and motivates other people such as myself. And hey, perhaps you too. So you can read Marcus Aurelius' book. It's called Meditations. And in Meditations, he talks about life. He talks about money. He talks about death, power, um, the, the duties of a human being. He was talking about how, how difficult it was to wake up in the morning. And here Marcus Aurelius was the most powerful man on earth. And he still struggled to get out of bed in the morning. He wrote about how hard it was for him to stay under the covers. As opposed to rising to fulfill his daily duties. So pretty, pretty fascinating stuff. He wrote about philosophy. He wrote about, you know, all of the things in his life in a most eloquent, 
beautiful, poetic way. It's very nice. So read that. And you know what? Uh, because he lived so far, uh, you know, thousands of years ago, you you may find it mind blowing that his words, thoughts, and phrases are still applicable to us in the future today. And you know what? It's going to be applicable to to the men who occupy this earth a hundred years from now. Uh, for some reason, he was just really had his thumb on the universal laws, on the things that can apply to everybody at any point of time and earth, no matter their education, their their wealth, or lack thereof. And so that that was pretty fascinating to read and come across these these topics where I'm like, man, this I'm going through this right now. So check that out. Marcus Aurelius Meditations. And another really, uh, you know, there was a powerful quote in this journal. I haven't read her entire journal. Maybe I did like back in high school. That's the first time that I was exposed to her. Um, Anne Frank, 14-year-old girl. Uh, she was a... She was a Jewish girl back in the time of the Nazi occupation in Germany, and she had to hide amongst all of the other Jews, but she she was able to find refuge and shelter temporarily, ultimately being found and then killed with the millions of others. No one knows exactly what, what happened to her. There is some speculation, but Anne Frank's father survived. I think his name was Frank. Frank Otto, something like that, or uh, Otto Frank. Anyways, I'll I'll Google that later. There's so many details, so many stories that occupy my mind. Sometimes it's uh, you know my my brain will throw away the rubbish to make room for the new. And some of those minute details, they 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 come and go. Some of them stick, some of them don't. I'll tell you what sticks is Anne Frank's quote. And in Anne Frank's journal, this 14-year-old girl who was stuck hiding from the Nazis and their death camps, she wrote in her journal, Paper is more patient than people. And for many people, they will read or read or hear that quote. And they'll kind of just gloss over it really quick, go in one ear and out the other. But for me, you know, I, I chewed on that for a little while. It's like, mmm, nom nom nom. Paper is more nom, nom, nom. patient than people. Mmm. Let me think about that for for a minute. And I wonder if Anne Frank knew at the moment when she wrote that, if or I wonder if she understood how rich. That sentence was. Now we all know paper. We all we all know what paper is. Paper is not alive. Paper is just a simple piece of paper. It's blank. And then you know you, you can do many things with a single piece of paper. You can fold it up, make a paper airplane. You can make some origami. You can take off little pieces, put it in your mouth, and Make a make a spitball out of it. 
or you can write on it, you can draw on it. There's many things you can do with a piece of paper, but as it pertains to Anne Frank, she was journaling. And when I think about paper and the word that she described it as being patient, what she did there was anthropomorphized paper. She gave paper a human characteristic. She gave paper a human quality. Similar to how in like the Disney movies, uh, like uh, in Toy Story, um, there's all of those toys that are inanimate objects that the animators brought to life by a process of anthropomorphizing, giving inanimate objects human characteristics and qualities. And Anne Frank, I don't know if she knew that she did that, but she gave paper life. She gave paper patience. And one of the virtues and characteristics and adjectives that um, love is described as, love is patient and love is kind. Now Anne Frank, when she described paper as being patient... She breathed life into paper, and now life, and now that paper had a quality of being patient. And I thought about that more, and how she says that paper is more patient than people. And now I compared the the two of them, and you know, when you are conversing with someone, when you're in a conversation. There's like a natural tempo. There's a natural back and forth. And if someone is speaking and you don't, you know, really fully know the subject as well as you could, you could be, you could feel forced to speak, not fully knowing what the hell you're talking about. And that creates pressure. And sometimes you can rush what you say just to please the other person because after all some people are impatient they just want to talk and talk and blob their gums and bump their gums and blah 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 so that naturally creates pressure to speak pressure to uh to fall into sync with whatever they are you know whatever the conversation is about And one of the ways that we bond with people is to pick up their mannerisms, we pick up their vernacular, their their slang, their economy of words, we pick up their body language, and we naturally start to sync that. And that is a that is a natural human behavior called mirroring. And when we begin to mirror the people who we're conversating with to a certain degree and extent, then that is a natural sign that the two people are bonding. Now back to the quote of paper is more patient than people. Now that I have identified how people can be unpatient and we can feel the pressures of conversating, even speaking, not fully aware of the words that we say just because we fall to the pressure and we want to keep up that rhythm and tempo of the conversation. Now, paper, paper doesn't 
call you to do any of that. Because paper is patient. Paper can wait for you. Paper will wait for you. Paper has no other choice but to wait for you. Paper just will sit there and it'll be patient waiting for you to write down whatever it is that you want to write down. Paper will wait for you to articulate your thoughts. Hey, you know what? And if you mess up, paper's patient. The paper will let you mess up over and over again until you get it right. Thanks, paper. Thanks for being so patient, waiting for me to figure it out. And you know what? Because paper is patient, they will accept you for who you are. They will accept your authentic um, they will accept your authentic self. And you know what? Paper will know when you're lying. And paper will look back at you and be like, Bruh, come on. Keep it real. Tell me your real thoughts. You know what? Because Anne Frank gave a human characteristic to paper, you know, that paper takes on, it's, it's more like a mirror. When you take the time to write down what you are thinking in the truest aspect, because after all, hey, you know what? No one needs to read it. You can write it. You, you can write down your, you know, all of the skeletons in your closets just to clear clear your conscience, and then you then you can burn it. You can have a barbecue with with your journal at the end of it when you're all done. So paper calls for you to be honest and truthful. Paper calls for you to be to to be real. And once again, hey, paper's not in a rush. You can take your time. You can just sit there. You can sit there and just man, let it all let it all out. And what a a beautiful eloquent poetic statement that came from a little 14-year-old girl. Would you have ever figured that a 14-year-old girl can inspire you? And I look for inspiration everywhere. And I found it in Anne Frank and Marcus Aurelius. And as it relates to journaling, all of the greats, all of the smartest people who have ever ever walked this, this planet from the past, the present, And all of the brilliant people in the future, they will journal too. So who are you to not journal? You don't have enough time? Huh? Got to go clip your toenails? What I say is let them toenails grow just a little bit longer. And get bust out the paper. Get to the journal and write it out. You can clip your toenails after. And you know what? For the people who don't have enough time to journal... You know, hey, maybe maybe if you took the time to clearly write out your thoughts, to write out your values and virtues, you can identify some sacred time to intellectually grow for yourself. And maybe that will put you on another trajectory that is in a better place. Because us humans, we need to consistently strive for growth. We don't need to obsess about it. We don't need to be unhappy with our current situation and circumstance 
but we need to figure it out. And one way that the greats figure it out is they journal. They write it out. They, they, they figure out where they came from, how they got to where they currently stand, and they plot out their trajectory. You can figure out where you're going, where you've been, by three points. Where you've been, where you are, and where you want to go. And if you don't have enough time, can you can you devote a one minute? Put a journal next to your bed. And right before you, you go to bed, write down one sentence. You could do that. Come on. I believe in you. You got one minute. One minute for your intellectual growth. One minute for your mental stimulation. One minute to devote to self-soothing. One minute to grow. That is an investment worth making. The dividends, they may be intangible. But hey, you will produce some milk and honey over the long run. You can do it. Write down your thoughts. Capture them. Write down something. Even if it is just literally... Today I'm writing down something. Blah, blah, blah. No one's going to grade you. You can have errors in your spelling. You can have incomplete sentences. You can have run-ons. You don't even have to use punctuation or capitals. But hey, you know what? As you get better at it, your penmanship is going to get better. Before I started journaling, I felt that the thoughts in my head were all jumbled you know kind of like imagine a fisherman he has his his day all planned out he has his tackle box he has his fishing poles he has his his night crawlers his hot dogs at least you know hot dogs that's what i use for bait not much of a fisherman but at least i don't have to puncture those worms with a hook so back to my comparison so we have the fisherman he has all the fishing gear and now what he needs to do oh you know so so the fisherman he he has his bait he has the worm on the hook he cast it out and then he gets you know he, he thinks he has a fish and he's pulling and tugging but you know it turns out it was just a heavy boot and that boot ends up snapping his line and now the the fishing wire gets all tangled up. Man, it is just one knotted mess. You you don't know which way is in or out. You don't know if the beans are over the frank. You got to twist. Uh, you know, so you just end up cutting the line and just starting over. Now, for me, when I journal, I feel like those words and those thoughts and those concepts... They're all tangled up in my head. And because they're all tangled up in my head, it, it's, it can create confusion. There's fog. And so I'm like, man, I have all this, I have all these words and thoughts and concepts, but they're not clear. They're not concise. They're not, they're not well articulated. And when you journal, it forces you to slow down, to focus on the structure of the sentence, 
to meticulously place each word in its proper place in the sentence. Hey, and now we're starting to sort out that that mess, that tangled mess, that ball of yarn. It's now, it's now starting to be laid out straight. And now I can think better. Hey, you know what? I just identified myself. Man, powerful. And you know what? It doesn't happen overnight. You're going to have to consistently journal. I set a goal for myself at one point to do it every single day for a month. And it didn't matter how long I, I wrote for. I got some, something down on paper. And now I try to journal every single day before going to work. That's the best time. And there's, man, there's so many things to write about. You are you are a person who's filled with stories, experiences, good stuff, bad stuff, ugly stuff. Write it all down. Remove that fog from your brain. Unclutter everything that's that is a mess in all of the little hidden nooks and crannies and departments in your brain and get it into order. There is chaos in your brain. And when you when you apply the wisdom of journaling and you go along that journey of journaling, you start to sort it out. You start to sort yourself out. And wow, how much of a better person will you be when you, ha- when you walk around with a clear head? Hey, you're not going to be perfect. You know, there's always work to be done. There's always more discovery. But at least you're taking those, those baby steps. At least you are taking accountability of your future. You're taking ownership. You're not blaming anybody. You are empowering yourself. And there was there's a phrase, the pen is mightier than the sword. So let's use the pen on ourselves. But let's write it out. Write down some, some poetry. You never know. You could be the next, the next Dr. Seuss. Could be the next, uh, next something. You know what? You could be the next best version of yourself. How about that? How about them, them apples? You don't need to try to be the next best anything other than yourself. Cause hey, we don't need a, a another Dr. Seuss. We don't need another, another prince. We don't need another Leonardo DiCaprio. We need you to show up. We need you to fulfill your destiny. We need you to be your best. And if you don't know what that looks like, write it out. Hey, hello. Have you been paying attention? The way that we do that is baby steps. Journaling is not going to be the end all, be all. Still got to do your stretches. You still got to get your sleep. You still got to put on your lotions and your creams. You still got to get your hair cut. You still got to present yourself in the best light. You still got to do all these things. In other words, you got work to do. And if you don't have time for journaling or any of these other things that promote growth and promote evolution, you'll never have time. What are you spending all your time on anyways? Netflix? 
Oh yeah, that's what you need. Another episode of Cake Boss. Yeah, that that'll solve your problems. Anyways, to recap, let's journal down our thoughts. Let's remove the mental fog. Let's get clarity of who we are, how we came to be, and where we want to go. You know, you don't need to gossip with your friends. They're probably tired of hearing the same old, same old from you. They have become impatient with your shenanigans. They already know what you're going to say. Meanwhile, we got that inanimate object who is patient and kind. Let's, let's get out that blank sheet of paper, write down our thoughts, and figure it out. Until then, Vieris Equirit Iundo!